0: This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live Podcast. Live from Assured Talent. Real talk about talent acquisition, recruiting, sourcing, and hiring. Are you in talent acquisition? Then listen up, because we're about to blow Blow your your mind. mind. Here's your host, William Tincop.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tencup. Thank you for listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Lori on from HR Topics, and we're going to be talking about a couple things, both her company, as well as uh, her session at at Sherm Talent, and uh, some of the things that she's learned at the pandemic, or as a result of the pandemic. So why don't we start with introductions? Lori, uh, introduce yourself and HR topics.
0: Great, well thank you, thanks for having me here. So my name is Lori Kleiman, I have a sort of three step journey through my HR world. I started in our family business back in the 1980s where I was director of HR for a small commercial photo lab. Thanks to our smartphones and Steve Jobs, there is no more world of commercial photography. And I had to figure out what to do next. And so I started my own HR consulting company. I grew it to be... Six people working full time in the basement of my home, and we were about a million dollars in sales, which was really fun, supporting the small business market. And then Arthur J. Gallagher bought my business, and I became part of Gallagher Consulting for seven years, and that was a wonderful experience as well. But I'm not really a corporate girl. And so I went off on my own again in 2013 and formed HR Topics, which is essentially my time in my career to give back to the HR community that did so much for me. So I serve HR people. We offer classes, programs. I have an HR community and love being affiliated with SHRM and going to the events and sharing the expertise I've learned over the years of being an HR person.
1: Well, that's just wonderful. Do you uh, still dabble in consulting every once in a while?
0: I do a little. I um, I primarily now do consulting for one group of um, business entrepreneurs, and when they start up companies, I help them. But my real passion now is the work with the HR people, and um, and I love it.
1: And just and just really spreading kind of things that you've learned. Right. But, and you're probably also learning new things as well.
0: Well, you know, just today, actually, I ran a group of people in my compliance course and learned something brand new about a 401k audit that I never knew the Department of Labor required you to have signed documents of people's birthdays. <laughs> but I guess you do. So, yes, I learned from them and they learned from me. Well, that's it's kind of terrific.
1: T- tell me a little bit about your community. What is, what's yeah, it? What's
0: so around? it actually, this goes a little bit to what's about to be your last question, but during when the pandemic first started and the world shut down in 2020, I saw that HR people were just going crazy. And so I offered a five day in a row, we did five 30 minute webinars and promised to speak nothing about COVID. COVID. And so we had thousands of people join. um, And I saw the real need for it. But eventually, um, you know, we had to bill for it so we now have a community where um people pay a nominal fee $19 a month and we have two webinars every month and we have a Facebook group and we and everybody works helps each other um but my audience at Sherm has always been the HR department of one audience right Um, And so that's really my area of expertise. So most of the people in the community, I think 68%, are HR departments of one in small businesses.
1: Right. And and at any stage, so they could be a startup or it could be a company that's been around for 20 years.
0: Right. And a lot of them are super successful. You know, people say the HR departments of one don't have budgets. Not true. A lot of them have plenty of budget. They just don't have a lot of people.
1: That's right. That's right. Have you seen a, an uptick in technology uh, with your with your community?
0: Absolutely, and people are um, embracing technology more. They're understanding how important it is to get the job done and get it done well. And make sure that things are done correctly. So a lot of people are using applicant tracking systems. They're using their payroll systems to the fullest. Most of the payroll systems go way beyond just writing paychecks. And if you're paying for that capacity or capability, I should say, um, it's crazy not to use it to let it do those things for you.
1: Do you get asked which technology to use?
0: Um, do you get yeah, pulled into those companies? Right. I often do. I tend to be more about helping people understand what to look for. Right. Um, in my opinion, the five or six top payroll companies are fairly indistinguishable. <laughs> right. You know, right. they all offer the same thing. So some of it is um, just your comfort level with what their screens look like um those sorts of things
1: yeah i've found the same thing um, there are some differences in like their integrations and some of the mm-hmm. things that they do but at the end of the day if you're not comfortable with the technology and you just can't get it to work uh or you don't like the ui you don't like right. the experience you're not going to get out of it what you really really want um Let's pivot and talk a little bit about your session at Sherm Talent. It's a wonderful yeah. conference that we're at here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, again, geared to the HR department of one audience, to this small HR person. And so what we did was we basically looked at the three most critical components of the recruiting cycle, which start with building... Um, the branding and building your pipeline, really understanding and thinking about how to get candidates to even apply to your positions, then the actual recruiting process and what we can do to work with managers, to work, um, to make the process as seamless as, as possible and as enjoyable for the candidates as possible. And then the final portion we're going to go into a little bit, which um, I say the, e- the easiest way to recruit is not to lose people to begin with. And so <laughs> there's a component at the end of retaining the talent you want to retain, not retaining all your talents. Sometimes separation is a good idea, but retaining those that you want to retain. And I think it's because it's this HR department of one audience, I tend to give people a lot of actionable tools, a lot of recommendations, a lot of how-tos. When I designed the program earlier this year, I actually had an entire additional fourth section on technology, and when I was testing it out, I realized it was too much for the program. So we pulled that out, and I'm actually making that into a whole nother program. Um, to your point about how to use technology in recruiting in the very small business.
1: What's well, what's great about this is you can start with the an army of one HR of mm-hmm. one is with branding. It's if they've been there for a long time, they might not know because they've been there for a long time. And if they're joining something new, it's like you can audit, take a look at what you have, what you don't have, what you should have, etc. Right. So. Take us in a little bit into uh, branding process and, and retention.
0: You know, some of the branding that I tell um, in the program is even just about giving your employees swag you know, T-shirts and baseball caps and water bottles so that when they're out at the ball field when they're with the children, when they're at their religious organization and they're walking around, their friends and people know not only that they work for you, but they're proud to work for you. They're proud to tell people. Um, so, you know, that's one little snippet of what we'll talk about in the world of branding. I certainly, as it comes to branding, social media... I tell people to look at their website. Are the people on your website actually smiling? Uh, I mean, you want to make sure that people look happy to work in your organization when you're out there in the public. Um, so that's a little bit about branding, and then you had a second piece to yeah, that.
1: Yeah, right? it's, it's a question on, on process and all the processes, right? Mm-hmm. So the hundreds, not thousands, of, uh, if not thousands of processes that go from, you know, onboarding or let's just say sourcing to outplacement, hire to retire. Keep it simple. Um, How often does that, that army of one, that HR of one, how often should they go back and look at the process?
0: You know, I think that's what conferences like this are great for (laughs) because it does, you get back home and you came up with two or three ideas and you'll go back and look at it. Um, I think the way the world is moving and changing, you know, certainly once a year you need to be taking a step. One of the things I advocate in the program that I often do at annual conference for SHRM is every month take one component of your HR function to spend half a day on whether it's performance management or recruiting or, because you can't do it all the time. But if you think about the course of the year, if you pick one thing a month, you probably could address it that way.
1: I love that, That's, that is wonderful. Okay, let's let's talk a, a little bit about the pandemic in this sense, and what do you feel like you learned as a result of the pandemic?
0: I think how well virtual work can work, how much training we need to give our managers in how virtual work can or cannot work. Um, The whole concept, too, of managing to the issue. So just because... So I have the one client that I do still work with, has 35 employees. One really is doing about nothing right now, (laughs) and we're realizing it. Well, it doesn't mean we can't have virtual work anymore. It means my recommendation was we say to that individual, you've lost this privilege, and now that we're going back to work, you're going to have to come in five days a week so that we can monitor and see what's going on, and you can earn the privilege back, but until... You demonstrate that you can do, and look, I was about to say 40 hours a week. One of the things that I've said to many business owners over the last two years do not think your employees did 40 hours a week when they came to your office. <laughs> there is no way. So, you know, if you think that people maybe worked five or six hours, really heads down, good work in a day. You know, they're actually, we know studies and statistics are showing they're actually doing more than that at home because they don't have friends to visit with. They're not going to the snack room. They're not going out to their car to look at Facebook. You know, they're just working and getting it done. So um, so those are some of the things I learned. Um, probably how much we do miss people. And as much as we might say we want to work virtually, we want to work virtually. My daughter, who's 32, said at the beginning virtual work only that's what i want mm-hmm. she's going back to work two days a week you know she and her team and it's going to work perfectly her team they pick two days they're all going together mm-hmm. tuesdays and thursdays they can still have their long weekends wherever they want um but this way they see each other they connect right. and those sorts of things well a
1: lot of we forget uh, that a lot of younger folks this is how they meet people
0: mm-hmm. work
1: Right. This is how they build a social community and, and boyfriends, girlfriends, all right. that other stuff.
0: Exactly.
1: So last thing is you mentioned something that was really compelling to me and it was work managing to the, and I'll, I'll translate it to outcome. Okay. So how do we, you know, getting people to not think about the how of work, but what is the outcome of that work? And I, I do assume that you're talking with owners, business leaders, and HR. Right. About the how of work is not as important of the outcome of work right is that about right
0: yeah and it's important to understand or to think about um is it a problem if one employee can get done in two hours what somebody else takes six does it mean you keep dumping on that other person or is it just good that you know they're able to get it done well i mean i say that That person who can get something done in two hours is ready for the next stage in their career, and growth and development. And let's fill up those other four hours with training and opportunities and shadowing other people. Um, But it is about you know pay for outcome, pay for performance. From the seventies we talked about. I'm not quite that old close
1: actually. You read about it. I read about it. You read about it. I read about it. You read about it. Exactly. Lori, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the Recruiting Daily podcast.
0: Great. I was, it was a privilege. I'd love to come back sometime. 100%. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you. (laughs) You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out
0: the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.